0: The street during Tree Ford Festival, and um, all of a sudden, the energy and the vibe of, uh, of my next guest just pulled me toward him. He appeared to be in love with life when he's able to perform music for people. Um, and uh, him and his partner that day were very exciting, and I made a mental note of it. Uh, I saw some great music up there, but um, doing just a little bit of background on my guest, um, recognizing that um, he comes from this uh, the, this holy land of rhythm and healing, uh, makes it all the more important that he has decided to set up shop here in the United States to bring some of that indigenous healing to the, to the people. Gio Franco, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show.
1: Hey, Jake, thanks for having me and uh, the great introduction and uh hello to everyone who's listening in
0: absolutely you. man you know i can you just talk about um the if you were able to um, you know sort of ascertain or collect the essence of your homeland uh at all because like i've done interviews with uh lalo Schifrin and ayerto Mariera, and a lot of younger cat great drummers, and you have really good rhythm. I mean, you're not playing a trap set, but um, I just wonder about, you know, Aerto's father was a uh, medical, he was a doctor. He was a healer. He pre- he performed music to heal people, psychically. I mean, obviously they didn't have technology at that time, but can you talk about the closest thing that you've been connected to insofar as the indigenous healing uh capacity of music that comes out of uh brazil
1: even here even though it does change every uh, every year the changes are like scheduled you know when you know like you, the, the the seasons are very mm. straightforward you know you mm-hmm. know what's going to happen when it happens uh um and uh down there it's it's uh, at least for the for the big chunk of brazil that's a little closer to the equator it's uh it's just more unpredictable you can't you 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 don't know you wake up and it's a beautiful sunny day and then there's a storm and then it gets chilly at night and then you you know and and just realizing that um I, i i i had this insight into what it could it could mean for for the for the culture that is coming out of that place what it what it would mean for a culture that's being established there and um what it what it requires from Uh, the people that are there evolving and creating this culture. And I think what it does is it begs for improvisation. And this is just an insight, just something that uh, came into my mind recently. Well, that's
0: why I want want you on my show, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because, well, maybe you shouldn't have sent me all this scripted, Answers for me to read it out for you.
0: <laughs> dude, we're going out, man. No, I mean dude, <laughs> listen, then you're talking I want I want your definition. And there's no right or wrong answers. It's your interview. So I it's an insight you made. But improvisation as met as a lot of labels in music as well, like rock, jazz, blues, like everybody has their own sort of understanding or definition of it. But in your mind, give me an example of improvisation. On the bandstand for Joe Franco.
1: Um, for you mean for me, me myself improvising on stage?
0: Well, because like to me, I didn't look at you that day. Again, it was a snapshot, but you know mm-hmm. it was it was swinging, jubilant singer songwriter music. It wasn't uh, Mahavishnu John McLaughlin. You know it wasn't like right, that right. kind of improvisation. So like instrumentally, what's what is your definition? And then improvisation, like when you're you know riffing poetry to melodies
1: um uh, man i I've, I've recently been uh, fascinated and more so obsessed with with jazz music the the really the birth of jazz oh. and uh, that period of early 1900s in new orleans and um, i think i'm just uh, uh, from from my part, I am just in love with that energy um, or that idea, better of of being present and performing the 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 song to to the room to the person who is uh, in front of you and and uh, uh, you know doing whatever it. Uh, uh it takes to translate really singing singing to the to the to the person in up of, up ahead you know so i mean uh, but i i'm not quite sure i understand where what 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 kind of improvisation you're hinting into what the the kind that i was hinting well, at
0: Well no yeah what were you hinting at
1: what i was hinting at was the just the fact that um you know it, it it this improvisation that this uh, this the weather the weather requires from the people is expressed in like not only musically but in in everyday actions and like how 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 you just how you can't have a steady plan of when it's going to rain uh, you also can't have a steady plan about uh, how your how your your mood is going to be like who um, uh, what what are the stances you're going to stand for. And it's like, you have to sway and be flexible and be on your toes to be able to uh, survive down there. That's the kind of improvisation I'm talking about. And I think it translates to music in the sense of, of, of rhythm with, with, with samba and uh, all the other beautiful rhythms that come from, from Brazil. translates into that too it's just that flexible and and uh, ready to adapt and to and to you know leave leave the leave the problems dancing
0: wow dude now we're getting poetry right now leave your problems dancing yo listen uh tell me about um is um is it fair to say that you're listening to dixieland music or what kind of or what kind of uh jazz that early part of the century um are you really getting off on, and then also, like, can you talk about how your ear focuses more on the tuba? that was the bass, and then there was no trap set, so I just wonder like as far as grooving to the music, what do your ears sort of gravitate to when you when you listen to that
1: stuff? Uh, so the kind of jazz I'm talking about is the um, the really the, the pioneers. So B- Buddy Bolden and and uh, his sons. So Louis Armstrong. I mean, sons uh, musically, not genetically. But, his, off- uh, yeah, his, so, his
0: musical offspring, yeah.
1: Exactly, yeah, yeah. So uh, Louis Armstrong and Kid Ory and Sidney Boucher and uh, Jimmy Noon, uh, these guys have been our heroes for me and for Dom recently. Um and uh, there is a there's a liveness and a burst of 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 feeling into the melody, the playing, the rhythm, uh that it that I think it's 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 gone. I, I, I can't I can't feel it anymore. And yeah. just the 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 strength of the of of every the strength, the meaningful, the purpose that goes into every beat of of the drum and every every note and every tone and and dynamic changes and all that and and the the reason too might be just because uh they were basically field recordings you know like these these live recordings from them performing later on at a, at a, at a ball you know or even their stuff early on in the studio and just how it's captured they were able to capture the just the rawness of what, of the, what what of what they were really doing, out in the in the real world, you know, and not something that was um, uh, composed or arranged for a studio, you know, it man, was more man, like, yeah
0: manufactured yeah, exactly exactly you know, I, you know this is the thing, you don't feel that pulse that vibration today. I, I'm totally with you, um, and, and except you know, you see it fleetingly, and that's what I felt with you guys, um, but uh, you know, because they dropped one mic in the room and everybody had to balance themselves. It was so unpretentious. There was no press. There was no having to wear eight different hats. It was solely, the focus was solely on the music. And I wonder if you think that part of the reason that you don't feel that today is because even really talented musicians, because they have to wear so many hats, can't really fully concentrate on the craft and the creation of original music because it's not part of the, the racket.
1: Yeah. Um, well, my thought on that is also, uh, I, I would say that it's also that what you are hearing there, those recordings, those, those materials, those things, they were played before the, that recording date. They were played hundreds and hundreds of times right. to different audiences all over the country. And they, they really knew the very best. They were able to, you know, I, you'd say it's all about the music. And uh, uh, of course, I mean, it's it is it's all about the music, but the, the shaping of that music and the curating of which melodies, which lines of improvisation were were stayed for the recording and stayed for forever. Uh, I think was like a process that took uh, years of just of playing and playing in, uh, in in bands and playing in balls and entertaining and so really understanding what uh, what draw from people those type of emotions that they were that they were looking that they were looking to to ignite, you know, uh, and. And so I think that that is a big difference, too. It's not only that there was just a room in the mic, but the fact that no one would go and record in a studio if they weren't already a professional doing this millions of times. You know, it was really... Uh, it was the capture of what was going on in the world and not, uh, and not, like, feeding the world with its new thing. It was more like you know, uh, putting into history, recording really what the world is producing, you know?
0: Well, the, the highest level of what they're producing. Like today mm-hmm. we're awash in mediocrity. So much content, so much it is, you know, mediocre. You have to be a real seeker or you really have to still have a soul and a pulse to feel that stuff. Aretha Franklin had to re- go over a certain bar in order to get a record out. I mean, there was like, you go back in time and th- those recordings... Were the cream of the crop. That was it. And the access of the ability of people today to be able to uh, do everything themselves. You know, uh, are you guys um, gravitating to the, to the, to the honesty of that music, or are you actually playing those tunes?
1: Uh, No, we only play the tunes or try to when we have a day off and then we, I have a trombone and Dom has a trumpet and we and we fool around and pretend to be Kid Ori and oh this and is Sydney. I Boucher. I wanna I want be there for that, man. That's up yeah No, you don't wanna be there. Everyone of the house leaves when we start playing. It's like <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's like guts, big guts is what we are our, tri- our name, my band name.
0: <laughs> so I mean you're blowing you're blowing away having a ball, you're caring less yeah, about it. You, yeah. you know, it's like talk yeah. about talk about that ability to fantasize i I just think it's really important like in your downtime you're not going to do it in a performance at this point but it's like does that keep your soul young also are you able to bring some of that innocent energy that pig guts energy to your regular material
1: yeah uh yeah, I think so. I mean, every time that we find something that excites us, uh it, that we play a better show. So, um I always try to I always try to take it um take t- do something different until if uh, we find something exciting and 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 go off on it. I think that that translates that translates to the to the crowd too um but but believe me i big guts can't leave our garage really it, it belongs <laughs> in here so far <laughs> we need another year until we're able to at least do a little do a little thing on the street just for for the kids oh but, my i mean that is really a throwdown right there
0: that's going to be one of the coolest things uh i love yeah we're we're looking yeah.
1: forward to that the plan is that one yeah. day we can we can end the show and then Grab the, grab the trombone and the trumpet, and just leave, playing. You know, like a marching band of two brothers leaving, uh, getting into the car and leave everything behind. Playing jazz.
0: <laughs> this is one of the greatest interviews I've ever had in my life. I mean, <laughs> um, for your um, regular gigs, I I um, can you talk a little bit about um how you guys, um, how deep a bag, like if you guys play three straight days on the road or something, um, how deep a bag of material are you sort of, um, how do you avoid the formula trip? Because you can only get so experimental in a duo setting. And, uh, I'm just curious about how big a vocab, how many songs you guys have and also how you... Uh, never play the same song the same way once.
1: Uh, well, me and Dom learned uh, music together. Like uh, we we grew up, uh, we we one one fed off of the other playing music. So basically, every song that I've ever learned, he learned it too. You know, and vice versa. So our 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 repertoire is it's really big i think we we probably have like some 85 songs that we sure. that we run run around them but um but at the at the shows i mean at the at the shows for, we have like we play you know we play uh in the same set we can play uh uh, Randy Newman and Donnie oh, Bennett and Jimmy Buffett and Kiss you know so we're we're wild you know so oh. I think that's how it doesn't oh. I think that that's uh so I don't think there's a formula because of that you know because the because we go so much uh in between every sort of thing have you guys played a, yeah go ahead no, nah, I was just gonna add it's like it's all, but all, all of it just to, uh, just to create uh, uh, exciting moments on the throughout the throughout the, the set, you know, just so that there's something that people can can relate to or uh, can can find it strange enough to 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 you know to stop what they're doing and and, and, and or, or I guess like consider it enough to entertain them
0: yeah how about like dancing and getting off you know like having descarga you know would you uh, can, if I came to a gig like I'm coming into Portland next week like I'm hoping to God you guys are gonna have a gig because I need some bola set you guys are
1: oh please so we play okay. we play next week Friday the 14th I saw and- some
0: dates no I, I the dates I'm asking about are like the 17th and 18th.
1: Seventeenth and eighteenth, I'll tell you right now, Jay. <laughs> dude, we are gonna
0: blow it up, man I wanna, <laughs> we're a little kid ori, dude little pig guts, man,
1: oh my God, so yeah. so seventeenth, eighteenth, Monday, and Tuesdays that was yeah, that's right, okay, uh, uh I only got a, an open mic on a Monday, so it's, um, it's, it's it's not a show, but I'll tell you what I'll put something together for for that night.
0: Hey, man, so, I would
1: love to just catch, you know, it'd be
0: great to hang and like, um, you know, see you guys just even if it's not like whatever. I don't want you to bend over backwards. Just we're definitely this has been a very cosmic thing. So I was like, I saw you had some dates this week. Why don't you talk about those gigs? Are they those are not busking gigs. Those are like in like gigs at, at restaurants and stuff. Is that right? Uh
1: Yeah. So we've been Uh, I've been in Portland for five years and uh for the first two years i've just i was just playing the streets just busking and then after the pandemic i started delivering uh serenades to people and serenading people all around portland because it was the only way to do it so we would just serenade them from out their window and we did that for two years and that got us in in contact with a lot of places and so as soon as uh we emerged out of the pandemic i was just saying yes to every single gig and we pretty much played uh a big chunk of the city's potential gigs. And uh, uh, this year we've been focusing on playing our park shows, which is something we do uh, regularly every week. On, on Thursdays, we throw a, an event at, at a park in town called Lower Hurst Park. Oh, yeah. And um, a, a crowd of people attend every week. And we throw like a sort of a variety show uh, where we present the crowd uh comedians guest musical acts um uh, some other strange weirdness uh of the kind that and that that are that are favorites of mine too um uh, and uh jugglers and a dog show impromptu this is dog so show so
0: freaking hip man did so no, that did happens you... yeah every
1: thursday on. and we put out a we put out a zine and I, I make a zine every week a new edition and I hand out to the people and and uh, so in the zine we featured uh, visual, visual artists from, from the scene and uh, my grandma's cooking the recipes and I write uh, answer questions from the public and we have Dom do interviews with people. And then we play, so I've been doing like more of regular shows in Portland now. So every Thursday we play at the park, every Friday we play at a bar in Southeast called Star Day. And, uh, here and then we do, uh, venue shows. And so, um, uh, earlier in the, in April, we did the Doug Fur in Portland and yes, we're going to, and we're sure. going to do the Clinton Street Theater the next, next Friday, the 14th, which is going to be a a great, um, great time because, um, the, the setup is perfect, you know, for us, for, for, for the duos. It's just a little theater and classic place in Portland. And so we're, we're thrilled about that one.
0: Um, yeah, no, there's a couple cats I definitely want to connect you with. Um, I, I don't know. Are you? Have you met the guitar player Jimmy Russell? I think so. Okay, I mean he's a he's a Dow brother to me, and uh, uh, a guy you should just be able to. Not that you need that. I just feel like there's Portland has an interesting scene because it's definitely gotten overrun um it's gotten very gentrified um compared to a place like boise where i saw you guys which is still some sort of fairyland or wonderland i can't even figure out what's going on there but Mm. you know it's there's a lot of grit and grime in portland and i just joe i wanted to ask you about like in your original tunes not the you know margaritaville or petty you know but (laughs) (laughs) but you know like can you talk give us a little piece of your story and what you're trying to to bring to the people the messages that that have resonated with you over time that that people are getting off on
1: yeah um so um among the, all the other places that we've been playing in Portland for the past for the past five years, uh, one of my specialities is uh, old folks' home, and um, we've done like about six or seven of those. And recently, in the last two times we've done it, I was shocked and to realize about uh, just how much my repertoire and my my songs are about either dying or getting old and and i only i i only noticed it when i was playing at the old folks home and i was like oh my god maybe i should have thought this through a little bit more but they they all took it with a, with a great smile it was all, all a good time but uh but it made me feel about think about that and um so i i guess i, I guess i'm writing songs about about dying but well, um, hold on a second. I
0: wanna this is very important because what you just talked about is you say serenading people? Is that what you did uh, out their windows? You would you would serenade them?
1: Yeah, yeah. We would so do like that in this too. case,
0: like you're also you're you Chal Franco are transcending the cycle of birth and death in your music because you're doing it, you're serenading people who are in happy with life, but you are also being honest. The people that are staring death in the face any potential day and i guarantee you the reason it was well received is because it was it put them at peace because at least on the timeline any day could be the day now and it's got to be a little bit petrifying so to me the essence that you're accruing as a dallas i mean to me this is like this is like drinking like you know spiritual wine right now i mean it's really deep and i think that like I tend to also, when you even said that, think about my daughters and that that they're getting older so much, you know, it goes so fast and, you know, I know they're going to do their best to take care of me. My folks are still alive, but even just saying that, I mean, it just sort of grips your heart, man. So I, I think that there's some kind of cycle here of, That you are transcending, Um, whether or not it resonates with sentient beings is a different story. But I think that the older cats probably really loved hearing, because the songs themselves are not—they're not depressing. I mean, it's upbeat stuff. You just have to be singing about that. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, uh, and uh, also this is something that uh, a realization uh, that's—it's just something about the repertoire that the choices of songs that are in there you know i don't um i don't usually approach songwriting with uh, a, an intention to to convey a certain idea or um you know that's uh, uh, or or a, or a belief you know my um, my approach to to songwriter, songwriting is it, it it's more in the sense of of getting to the point of Whatever this 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 song is about, yeah. and um, so that there are you know I'm, the stuff that are out, out there that I've put out so far is mostly romantic tunes, and I'm I'm definitely a a, a romantic uh, in, in my in my life and in my performance, and so but 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 um, if you if anybody is looking to hear more music about. Dying and getting old. <laughs> I, I will be. I will be putting out more songs like that. Soon.
0: Um, can you talk about one particular song as an example of what you're talking about?
1: Um, yeah. So I got um. Um. I got this one song that we're we're finishing recordings now. It's called "We Used to Be Awesome," and always. Oh, oh, I always say that it's the song is about the band, about uh, it, it, how they really should have seen us before. We really, are, uh-huh. we used to be great. Uh-huh. And, and the line goes, um, you know, we're getting old, older, babe, but we used to be awesome. It's, it's <laughs> so it's about, it's, it's about getting older. It's, it's man, uh, the repertoire, it, it's all, all most of the songs of um, are not, are, are supposed to be to be taken not not taken seriously i don't i don't have uh, a bunch of serious tunes or songs that are um um uh, spiritually relevant except I did. For maybe I did. maybe maybe two or three I, I i am putting out a song now um, next week on wednesday uh, that we just recorded and we're putting it out and it's called eu não temo mais which is called which translates to i don't fear no more and uh, that one is a uh, uh so it's one of those one of the, the few that are one of these kinds of songs that come from a different place and just carries carries a message that's beyond me and uh it's almost singing it to myself and the message is uh I got good luck, I don't fear no more.
0: First of all it's better to be lucky than good. Um but also um I've talked to some really pretty heavy people over the last twelve years and Um, A lot of them talk about this time in their career, one in particular, um, where they were playing some sports bar in some rural Midwestern town and the TVs were blaring and nobody really cared if they were there or not. And at that point, um, you know, he stopped, he said he stopped playing in fear, stopped playing about worrying about making mistakes, but. In essence, he became liberated and said, I'm going to go for it every single time. And I just wanted to, you to talk about your evolution, about how you le- overcame, uh, or how you just learned to go for it and play beyond what you know every time, as that song uh, says.
1: Uh, yeah, b- busking, playing in the streets, being a street musician, that that changed my changed my life and my perception towards music and then jazz did it did the rest of it so far that's where i that's right where, where i stand right now but <laughs> uh but the, yeah but busking being out there in the corner and realizing that uh you know i am i am the, the 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 squares dj right now you know and i am performing to these people that it really it all changed to me i i I am uh, even embarrassed to say that it it, it took me like 20 something years or more to realize that, you know, that when you're playing music, you're playing it to somebody, you know, like you're, it, 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 that I was always in, in a, in some sort of a trip trying to, uh, craving this, this, uh, ideal, ideal sound, ideal, uh, tone or whatever, and, to be out there in the streets and performing and wanting to connect with people, I think brought alive the the feeling of of, of the the way that that my performances turned out to 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 be at this point.
0: It's a, can you just talk about like uh, in a very sort of genuine and sincere way, um, like it's really amazing. Well, that's
1: more expensive.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah,
0: no, I, I mean, dude, I'm picking your brain right now, but no, uh, no, I mean, wait, like, sort of just, um, all of a sudden, just people uh, assembling around you, and really, like, you're creating your own concert. Doesn't happen every time, obviously, but, um, you know, it can, because busking. I mean, it's your job. If you're going to a concert, hopefully, you're there for the music itself, and then it's a matter of how high can you get and then raise the collective consciousness. But in that communal square, yeah, someone might drop a five or $10 bill, but they're just walking by in their suit and tie and going to work. Can you talk about like a, a, a memorable time with you and Dom when like, you know, the fire and the, and the chi was so high and, um, you, you got, you know, I mean, it wasn't the Hollywood bowl, but I mean, you got, you got an audience.
1: Oh yeah. No, that happens. I always say that, uh, doing it on the street is 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 the best. You're always gonna have the best audience because the ones that don't like you keep walking. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So it's so you know, if they like you, they'll stop. And so basically once they're stopped, you don't need to convince them anymore. You know, they're convinced and they're they like you. So um but but on a on us to 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 go back and think over time i'd say that we had a we had some very amazing moments one was that night in a, in, in Boise uh, this year we were there busking we had a, a, a very crazy moment when we were uh, doing it on the bus in in the bus they they had those people in the tree fort playing inside the buses and we had a lovely lovely performance inside of one of the buses there after busking down down downtown in Boise well,
0: I got to be honest. I'm not hip to this. Can you please break down what you're talking about as far as the bus jam?
1: Oh um, yeah. So they got a in it this year. They had the buses that take people around from stage to stage. They they were having musicians come in and do performances inside the bus to the people who were uh, in the bus while on traffic on transit.
0: I dig. It's such a brilliant idea.
1: Yeah, it, it yeah. was very good, and uh, we were lucky because uh we we weren't scheduled to perform in the festival this year uh, and um but we went anyway because the other year in which we played the festival we had more fun playing the streets so we decided let's just go and play the streets again <laughs> but then our friends that were there when once they realized we were in town they're like no we we're going to get you we're going to get you something and so a couple of friends uh they gave us their spot in the buses so we played these buses shows and we had some crazy crazy moments i i have this suspicion that we're all that i that we feel more inspired when on on the move you know i i i have the suspicion that once the body is in a train or in a car or in a bus or in a plane uh or in a ship we feel for some reason more inspired i don't know why that's how i i I perceive it there's it creates some sort of uh, some sort of magic and at the in the bus it was it was just lovely and because it's such a it's just a little tin can it was everyone was crowded inside and singing and and clapping and sweating and it was great and the best thing about it was that you know there was a next stop and people left you know because then you get the grand finale and you don't and it, that's cuz you 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 got to end it in the end you know when you when you reach the that that stage you and, uh it it has to fizz out unless unless uh unless you're a, a DJ on drugs i guess
0: <laughs> no dude you're this is first of all who who t- what can you tell me who who your friends were that were playing up there yeah bart budwig
1: bart and, budwig yeah bart budwig and Jerry james meyer
0: now who what's their what's their deal
1: uh he lives in uh, Little town, maybe Enterprise. Is that a, is that a city? Enterprise? Yeah. I don't know. I think it, it, it is, it, I yeah. think he lives in Enterprise, Oregon, which is a tiny place. And he owns a theater there and plays shows in his theater. And every time he comes to Portland, he packs the, the Laurel Thirst a couple of nights to see right. him and yeah. his band. And he's super fun and a great performer. And, uh, and Jeremy, who just just did it again to us over at uh, at uh, Oregon country fair, just came back from Oregon country fair today. We were playing down there um, and uh, Jeremy gave us a spot again uh, to close out a night there on a, one of the stages. Um, uh, and then man, but, but honestly with busking in the streets, the, these moments of fire, they would happen to me every day, you know, uh, sure. out in Pine, out in Pioneer square. I'm not talking about, you know, a crowd gathering out and uh, gathering around and getting crazy. Cause that, 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 that sort of thing uh, is, is more, is more rare, but, uh, but every, every day, and I would be there four or five days a week, six hours a day, every day there would be uh, at least a couple of people with me and we would go, we would get there, you know, and we would end the song sweating and jumping all around and, and, uh, or, or, very moved or um their life is magical out on the streets man that's why um, i miss it so much because i uh I, I i would be told so many amazing things by people about themselves about me about the world when i was just standing there for six hours a day you know and i miss it badly but but uh but i guess it's still it's still going on i'm just I'm I'm just not stationary at this point. I'm the one going around and telling people stuff at this point.
0: Well, I don't know what you mean by that. You're not able to busk right now?
1: No, no, I am. I am. I, I, I do it, but I don't do it as often because we just played. we played too many shows here in, in Portland. I, I know. I
0: mean, that's, that's the rub right there, right? I mean, that, you know, and you're, you're going to be one of those cats that just, you know, in very traditional folk, you know, folkloric fashion, you know, you're just going to need to get it out of your system and be able to connect with people i mean to me like i don't always feel i mean there's a way how have you have you always been uninhibited in public i mean to me like i will say i mean it was just it, one reason i just was like gravitating to you is that it i mean it was clear that you guys had played material and you've been playing tunes for decades and decades together but it was like the energy was one of very natural fun. And, uh, yeah. Did you ever have any was, stage fright or, or, have you always kind of been comfortable up on the bandstand?
1: I, or busking, or
0: busking, you
1: know, I was always, it was, I was a child actor when I was, since I was like four or five, always. Uh, wanted to, I know. I, now. Yeah. I wanted, uh, my, 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 you know, my, Ultimate gift as a kid was a microphone. You know, <laughs> I was I, I was just always crazy about uh, about performing and 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 doing it. So I mean, it's, I was it, that not saying I wasn't uh, afraid or scared. Still am. I actually played the Oregon Country Fair yesterday and was freaking out a little bit. But dude, you were um, I
0: just want to say how blessed you are to have played in in Veneta, Venita. I cannot believe you played that. Because I wrote a whole book on the Merry Pranksters and Ken Giese, uh, and the original Pranksters. And that might be way off the grid for you, but they're totally based down in that Springfield. I don't know where you – know, that is so freaking – and the Grateful Dead played a seminal show there to save the creamery, which produces uh, Nancy's Yogurt in Springfield. Wow. In 1972 in Vanita, tremendous video on YouTube as well. I cannot believe you just came back from playing I'm not surprised you were tweaking out. It was it's a heavy shit down there, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and was <laughs> The story was crazy too cuz we were rolling in like <laughs> we have never been there and we were rolling in as if it was just another gig, you know. So we oh, rolled yeah. in like uh, 20 minutes before the the gig and we enter with all of our stuff and it was like it was like boarding a plane to uh, Berlin, you know. It was just <laughs> like you know, it was like lines and lines and customs and and, and people and Jeez. And, and then we roll up on the stage and we're ten minutes late and I felt like I made it. I was like, Oh my God, can't believe it. And then but people are already sitting down watching us. So we made it on stage a turnaround and people are there and they go,
0: Oh, let's go
1: <laughs> And so I was a little I was <laughs>
0: Dude, I that's see that's not some would say, I mean, it's so beautiful, you guys are so in some ways, just following the muse, so you're rolling in 20 minutes early, in our freakish Judeo-Christian culture, everyone has to be there, you know, two hours before, and then you won't, ha- you can go through all the customs, bag checks, gun checks, bomb right. checks, right, and, right. And, and, you know, it's not stressful, but then you guys are just on your own, you know, you're not on TikTok time, you just roll in. And no, we're, sudden- we
1: say we're, we're in Brazilian time zone, we say. <laughs> all- Man, if I tell you, how- we were like, I we always say, like, alright, let's leave at 9. And then we 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 leave at twelve, which is like nine in Brazil. You know, it's always uh, we're we're learning, man. Hopefully, we'll get. No, no no, there. No, 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 no. I want to. Yeah, go but ahead. But at the end of it, at the end of it, I, I I was just telling Dom that I was like, man, at the end of it, like, you know, we're living the life, this life that uh, a type of life that that is uh, that requires from us a great uh, level of improvisation and, uh, and that's our strength too. So, I mean, you know, I, it's, uh, we're playing the right, it's the right part for us, you know?
0: I also want to say, man, that it's really important what you're bringing to the table, the gumbo, the flavor that you're bringing to this country artistically is like incredibly vital. And it's, uh, it's, you know, we've become, especially in music, uh it wasn't always like this but um you know there's so much uh, about uh how pe- the, you know a certain look you have to have as opposed to your musicianship or your ability to to be actually like a credible band- leader on the bandstand and so there's so much um artificial uh stuff going on and all the money is going to a lot of people who can't even perform live and then you get people like yourself who back in the vaudeville era would just be on fire at the bazaars and having jugglers and, you know, fire eaters, Jake Fiber flying around and guys that can really play and also really perform um, get, you know, so, and you're from Brazil. So it's like, you know, the, it's just, I, I just, you know, Ayrton, uh was one of my earliest interviews. Is such a beautiful cat. And the irony here is that um, are you hip to Ayrton Moreira?
1: Yeah, only the name. I don't. I don't know what's going on. Well, no, he's a. So he's a. He's so. a um,
0: well, no, it's okay. I mean, I think you'd be fascinated in that because you're a jazz cat or getting into jazz. I mean, Ayerdo, uh, uh, he came to the states uh, in the late '60s. Didn't speak any English, and he used to say, "He goes, I tried to sit in with my." Uh, he would go to these salsa clubs because he was a percussionist and he was a great drummer too. He was the first drummer in Return to Forever, Chick Corea's band, and uh, wow. He, yeah, man, he's and, and, and so he's coming there as an immigrant in New York, doesn't speak any English, fucking miserable, and uh, he's going to these salsa clubs, and he's trying to sit in with his brothers, and they say, no, 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 you you can shake your shaker on the side of the stage, and, you know, your butt can hang out a little bit, but you're not, you're not, you're not on the bandstand, and the cats right. that, the cats, because he was taking out uh, refrigerator wires, and he had Quakers, and all this insane percussion and the guys who embraced him were the jazzers like cannonball miles uh it was beautiful and he wound up playing with miles a whole bunch and and all these and he became an iconic star his health has not been very good he's probably up up near 80 years old but yeah Ayrton morera is your uh that is your mission is to do some 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 digging on him because that dude um well, and you guys are bringing that same vibe. being 3 hours behind is just fine. You just have to make sure when you get up on the bandstand, <laughs> you're ready to burn, man. That's it. Just burn, you know. And yes. that, you know, and and uh dude, you and Dom, let's get something together for next week, man. I want to catch a hang, um pig guts and all, get the bones out. I'll I'll bring the conga drum out. But Let you know, let's dude, this has been a cosmic connection and I'm really truly humbled uh I'm just in my own way 2000 interviews five books and mostly with my elders but really started to connect with my peers the last five or six years so I'm trying to just connect humanity in the digital age and uh, it's really it was such a great great hang joe
1: man uh jake i i knew this was going to be good when you messaged me and just how 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 you how we spoke and got the thing going so easily and um and um, I hope to run into you in Portland. Just text me when you're in town, and I I have these places that we have to go. I'll 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 do. We're gonna do have a little... ball, man. No,
0: I mean this yeah. is we're going all out, man. It's, it's, this, all is right. this is this is obviously this divine. It's shit. my
1: day off, you know. Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday are my day off. So I'm I'm busy till nine, but after that, I'm I'm done. So let's yeah. let's hang out.
0: All right, baby. Be cool, man.
1: All right. The great talking to you, man.
0: Cheers, to you too, man. Peace.